Hello, welcome to the Opinionistics. I'm your host, John Maloney, and we'll potentially have co-hosts. If not, then let's go with the flow. Introducing from Prince George, British Columbia, Joe McKay. Well, good afternoon, and thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Anytime. So, what do you do? Ah, that's an interesting question. So day job is I run an economic development agency for all of Northern BC. So what that means is uh, we're a public institution. Uh, we provide funding for projects that make communities more attractive places to live. And we serve a, a geography that is only really the northern half of one province in Canada, but the northern half of one province in Canada is about the size of France. So it's a large geography, but sparsely populated. So that's that's my day job. And then uh, evenings, uh, write fiction wherever I, I possibly can. And I sit on a couple of uh, different boards. And I'm also obviously a, a father and, and a husband. And I live in an old house that needs constant repair. So I could call that a job too. Hmm. All right, then. Sounds good. And what, what made you start going, getting into that? Into economic development? Yeah. Well, I was a journalist in Vancouver for, for a number of years. That was what I did my undergraduate degree in. Um, and um, my specialty or focus when I was a journalist was uh, heavy industry. So mining, forestry, oil and gas, uh, land claim issues uh, in British Columbia and Canada. But I covered those issues worldwide. So I covered um, especially the mining industry globally, uh, looking at everything from, you know, diamond and platinum and rare earth element mining in Africa and, and parts of Asia and Eastern Europe to activity for copper, gold, silver uh, throughout so, South and Central and, and North America. And that led to a deep appreciation for rural places and the challenges that they face. I'm a city boy. I was born and raised in Vancouver, but I started traveling into rural British Columbia and fell in love with it. Uh, and the issues there that I was very familiar with in my my day job and eventually just decided to move my life up here and make a go of it. And I got a job with uh, the Economic Development Agency here in the north and was fortunate to become CEO of that agency about six years ago and uh, been here ever since. Never looked back. All right, then. Sounds good. And what about your work as a fictional writer? Well, that's uh, completely different. So I'm a, a genre fiction writer uh, by trade. So my passion is uh, pulp horror, uh, sword and sorcery fantasy, a little bit of speculative science fiction, um, particularly short fiction, um, but also now starting to stretch out into longer pieces as well. I've been writing since I was 12. So um, I'm particularly, it's always been something I've wanted to do, um, but between university and having a, you know, a, a young career through my 20s and early 30s and then children, uh, I only really got back to writing fiction a couple of years ago. Um, so I've only really been pushing hard into it in the last year and a bit. Um, and I've been fortunate to see some success with some short stories published with different publishers. Uh, and then my novella, which was published uh, this past June. So it's uh, definitely not a thing yet where it's going to replace my income from my day job, uh, but it is definitely at the same time a hobby that is quickly growing and becoming more and more a part of my life. All right, then. Fabulous. So what, what, kind, of, what kind of fiction novels do you write? 
Um, well, in terms of the novella, um, it's horror. So it's a horror comedy. Um, that's the one that's currently published. It's um, a story about a Thanksgiving dinner that goes horribly sideways with a dysfunctional family. And then about just as the dinner collapses, uh, werewolves show up unexpectedly and start ripping the, the dinner party apart. And the balance of the story is about them trying to survive the night. Uh, it's very much a story about um, an everyday family um, making that tr tr um, transition between first world problems and, and actual problems that are life threatening and coming together uh, around that. Uh, and that was its intention. It's fun. It's funny. Uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, there's no great surprises in it. It's one of those things that if you like campy B-horror, then this is probably the book for you. Um, and it was a lot of fun to write. So, you know, my fiction tends to trend toward that genre, but also uh, a lot of humor uh, in it uh, and dry dryness or dry wit, if you will, um, which I think is either part of the Canadian persona, but it certainly is part of mine. Fabulous. Glad to hear it. What, what's your favorite thing about the area that you live in? Uh, the outdoors, uh, the four seasons, um, the fact that you can get anywhere in 10 minutes. Um, I think where I live, it's a part of the world that is stunning, uh, that I think people from other parts of the world would if they knew what it looked like here they would very quickly try and find a way to move here um but it's one of those areas that you know when you think of middle and northern canada uh has a reputation of being you know cold and wintry and there's no question we get winter um you know it's four or five months long um but we get full four seasons you know we get up to 30 plus degree temperatures here in the summer beautiful lakes uh you often have lakes to yourself when you're out in the north and uh you know it's truly an, an unspoiled uh wilderness uh and the people are very very kind so you know for me it's a it's a long way from you know gigantic cities and major urban centers and i suppose that's exactly what i was looking for and i found it and so that for me it becomes a very comfortable place to call home, a good place to raise a family and easy, you know, to drive five or 10 minutes and suddenly you're out in an endless wilderness uh, that's yours to explore. Um, so that's, you know, I, I feel extraordinarily blessed uh, to live in this place um, as many people do. And it's almost like a luxury to have that right at, at our doorstep here. And uh, yeah, so and it's funny, too, because, you know, growing up in the city in Vancouver, if, you know, my younger self, if you'd asked me, would you have ever, you know, moved up north? I would have said not on your life. Um, I would have told you something about me being forever in the city or major cities. And somehow through my as I grew up through my early to mid to late 20s was when the switch happened. So, yeah, that's I, I think that kind of answers the question. Good. I like it. And is there any, are there any more novellas you're planning on releasing at any point? Uh, well, right now I've got a sword and sorcery fantasy novel that I'm just starting edits on. So it's in, it's fully written. It's in first draft form. So with that one, 
Um, I hope to have that uh, into second draft form and then be out to publishers early next year. And then uh, I also have another novel that I'm, I'm currently about halfway through, which is um, a science fiction time travel detective noir kind of piece. In terms of horror no novellas, uh, will I come back to the werewolves and the family that, you know, uh, experienced what they experienced? I may. I have a couple of ideas kicking around in my head, but, uh, you know, the focus right now is to get these couple of projects done and, and out the door and, and see if I can find places for them. And then uh, maybe I'll come back to uh, the horror novella concept in, in a year or two. Hmm. All right, then. Sounds good. So throughout your whole life, what have been the highs and lows? Of everything? Do you mean highs and lows of like my life broadly or, or yeah. about my writing yeah. career? Broadly. Uh, yeah, I mean, highs and lows. I mean, lows are, you know, growing up in a tough household that was low income, uh, what they used to call, a, you know, a broken home as a, as a kid. It was a challenging environment. Uh, there was highs and lows in that, though, too, you know. Uh, moments that were amazing and moments that, you know, I wouldn't wish on really anybody. Um, you know, I was divorced in my twenties. That was a, that was a tough period of time, but it also allowed me to recalibrate and figure out where I wanted to go. You know, the highest highs as any parent will tell you is, you know, the, the arrival of your children, um, watching them, you know, start to grow up. Mine are still pretty young, but, um, you know, every day with them, um, some of the things I've been able to do in my career, there's very few people, I think, that at least in this country were able to take over you know, a, quarter, a quarter billion dollar corporation when they're 31 and then grow it um, to where it is today. I feel very privileged to have had that opportunity. Um, and then, you know, some of the recognition I'd had for my work as a journalist uh, in public relations and then as as a CEO, for sure. So. I think like most people, you know, and probably yourself, if I was asked to ask you the same question, right? It's a, it's a mix of highs and lows that happen at different times in, in your life and interspersed, interspersed in, in all of that is kind of a, you know, a, a continuity that um, weaves it all together and makes it feel like a bit of a story over time. Hopefully, uh, there'll be more interesting stuff to come. I'm still pretty young. Hmm. Very bold. I like it. I love it. So, well, what was... I think you already said that. What else? Oh, yeah. What's your favorite ice cream topping? <laughs> uh, <coughs> oh, probably walnuts, I'd have to say. What about you? What's yours? Well, to be honest, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not too keen on a specific type of topping. I do like a bit of sprinkles and chocolate syrup and uh hmm i do like a bit of mint every now and then and uh, uh something like a uh, chocolate button on top and yeah that's just at the top of my head that's all i can think of are you more interested in the flavor of the ice cream or the topping the, the flavor of the ice cream yeah okay so let's get into that quickly here what's your what would you say are your top three flavors i'd say between Vanilla, cookie dough, and uh, mint. That's nice. uh, my three favorites. Yeah, 
I would say for me, it's vanilla, uh, chocolate chip, mint, and tiger. Hmm. Very nice. So if you were to travel, actually, would you rather travel 500 years into the past or 500 years into the future? The past. I don't want to know what happens. I think, I think the, the, the curse of, of knowing your own future is the, or what happens to your children or their children uh, would be too much to bear for anybody who, who has their sanity. I mean, if you really think about that, you know, if you travel 500 years into the future and you're able to look back on all the things that happened, then what are the horrible things that happened to your descendants that you could do nothing about? that they had to go through that, you know, that changed them, that created tragedy in that family line. I think the bliss is in not knowing. Right. And so for me, like, I, I, yeah, I want to go into the past, you know, I want to, I want to explore that. And not only because I've always been fascinated with history, which is true. um, But I think there's mystery in, in the past um, that, always calls people and so it's funny like if you look at time travel stories uh be they movies books or or whatever very rarely will a story spend much time in the future and when it does it's often bleak the most the most interesting stuff is when they go into the past that's what really gets the audience and if you like a good example of that is is back to the future you know there's three movies there and they spend of the three of the three movies you've got close to six hours running time and they spend a grand total of maybe 20 minutes of screen time in the future and it's bleak as all hell and the rest of it is spent in um either the present time or the past and that's what seems to to be of most interest to the audience how about you? If you, what would you do? Because you might be on a completely different, you know, pain of uh, plane of interpretation than me on this one. Oh, uh, I, my mind has gone completely blank right now. I, to be honest, I, I just do whatever. Because <laughs> even though if if I go into the past, I could be like. Uh, hierarchy the smart guy but also the the kind that uh, depending uh that i'll be uh, accused of uh witchcraft rather that that's one thing but in terms of the future um well we never might know what the future might hold it may may as well as be the same as right now so uh, that's a bit of a letdown yeah but yeah so i actually don't mind which way it goes because either way, it's still not going to be as uh, good as we all hoped it could be. No, it isn't, is it? And you know, I, I suppose <laughs> if you had, if you had, you know, power the, the the power to do both and experience both, my guess is that you would probably eventually find yourself saying, you know what, my own time, my own present is probably where I want to be, uh, just simply because that's where I know everybody, that's where I come from. I think that that comfort with home probably would transcend time too. Um, but that's a, a huge guess on my part. Yep, absolutely. Where was the most beautiful place 
you've ever been to? Um, oh, that's hard to say. Um, I would say, you know, there's a, a couple that are stunning. One would be um, Haida Gwaii, uh, which is an archipelago off the north coast of British Columbia. Um, it's considered the Galapagos of North America. It's uh, absolutely stunning. Another would be uh, the west side of Vancouver Island. Uh, Tofino is absolutely uh, stunning. Um, the Canadian Rockies would be another place that really leaps out at me as, as you know, there's power in that place. Um, Moab in southern Utah. Um and Arches National Park. It's you know, it's got its. It's hard to pick one, right? You know, yeah, like just, uh, so many choices to choose from. Yeah, you start thinking about it. How about you? <laughs> Dang it! Happens every time. My mind always goes blank. Well, pick one place then. Maybe not the most beautiful place. Just one. Just instantly, first place that comes to mind when I say beautiful place you've been to. Well, I think the last time I remember somewhere very tropical is. Well, between uh, Havar in Croatia and uh, just recently, last summer, going to Brazil, visit my family. There was a resort in Hisifi that was great. And uh, there was a, that little town with all the, the old wacky cowboy kind of stuff. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit out there, that little town. It's uh, incredible. And yeah, that's... Uh, top of my head it's a lot of things to go for yeah absolutely well it sounds like both were good experiences yeah absolutely this is coming out of nowhere but what do you think about sending mail to bigfoot what do i think about sending mail to bigfoot yeah well i think you need an address first so i mean that that would be your first you know, problem. And then you've got to assume that he knows how to read, but let's say that he has a postal code and he knows how to read and he accepts letters like Santa Claus. Then your next question is, you know, what do you write to ask him? Right. What do you, what, what do you want to know from Bigfoot? If he's like a known quantity, like Santa Claus, you can write a letter to him or her um what do you want to know and that that's an that's an open-ended question i i don't know what what would be of of interest how has he you know managed to stay secret for so long would be an obvious uh question how is it that he now has a postal code but nobody's ever actually seen him right is he does he live with santa claus is he is he in the north pole i mean i don't know right these are the types of things that would sort of tumble through your mind mm-hmm. absolutely if you were to get rid of a holiday, which one would you get rid of? Oh, um, oh, what are the holidays that, you know, don't make a lot of sense? I don't know. It's kind of hard in, in Canada here because they all kind of have a, a you know, a particular significance to them. Um, you know, I'm not a religious person, so I would say you know, Easter is not something that, you know, is particularly important to me, but it is important to billions of people around the world. So, you know, I would never take it upon myself to, to get rid of it with a magic wand because it would 
impact so many other people and it's a truly meaningful holiday but you know for me and my own life being raised agnostic easter is not something that figures large in my life uh, but it's nice to have the break in april there's no question about it and like i say it's important to others uh labor day is one that you know is important to recognize the labor movement and what it's accomplished over the last you know hundred years for workers um, but always seems to get squished, uh, right at the beginning of the year. And if you're a parent trying to get your kids off to school, you know, that, that becomes a really tough and stressful week. And so, you know, maybe I wouldn't get rid of Labor Day. Maybe I'd move Labor Day to a time where it could be recognized and, you know, more fully. It's kind of hard, right? Like, what would, what do you get yeah. rid of? Like, you know, do you get rid of like Canada Day? Well, you're not going to do that. You're going to lose your citizenship. You do, you're not going to get rid of Christmas you know, Thanksgiving's pretty important. So it's uh, maybe New Year's Day. You know, now that I think of it, I'd have to say New Year's Day. I mean, let's let's peel that one back. I mean, why is it even a holiday? I mean, who? so it happens every year. My birthday's not a holiday. That happens every year. It's just a clock turning over, right? Like, why do we, why do we have that day off? Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So mm -hmm. maybe... Maybe now that I talk this one out, I'd say New Year's Day is probably going to be number one on my hit list of, of holidays to get rid of. I personally would be fine going to work on, on January 1st, hungover or otherwise. <laughs> How about you? Well, to be honest, and I know, uh, especially on this occasion, depending on when people listen to this, uh, I'm not too keen on Halloween. I understand why people would celebrate it, but it's not the kind of celebration I kind of dig. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right with it. I don't have anything against it. It's just, it's just, it's not my vibe. That's, that's yeah. all it is. Yeah, my wife is the same way. Halloween is not her favorite. Her favorite, her favorite is Easter. So Easter has become very important in our house uh, just simply because that's her thing. Halloween is my thing. But, the, you know, the good news with Halloween is that at least in, I don't think anywhere, but at least in Canada, it's not actually a holiday. It's just another day. Uh, and so, you know, I'm cool with that. I don't think it needs to be a holiday. It's, you know, just another day where you, you know, go trick-or-treating and, and watch scary movies and, and do the thing. Or you can ignore it entirely, depending on, you know, who you are and what your lifestyle is. And I think, I think that's probably the more important thing is not everybody needs to subscribe to all of the various holidays that occur throughout the year because everybody comes from different cultural backgrounds. Right. Uh, and you mm -hmm. and I, I think are, are, are talking probably from a relatively Anglo-Saxon viewpoint of the various holidays that occur in any given year. But there are so many that uh, are not part of our culture that we don't recognize either. So um, I think the freedom within it is probably the more important piece to recognize and celebrate those things that are meaningful to you and, you know, uh, be respectful, but move right on past those things that aren't. Yeah. Yeah. I could certainly see that. That's why I need to take time to look at it. I can see that for sure. What could you give a 14 minute presentation on without any preparation? Uh, my organization. It'd be, I, I do it frequently as part of my job where I've got to stand up and give an update on who we are and what we do for 10 or 15 minutes. And so I can, I can do that pretty well without any uh, preparation. Um, beyond that, 
I don't know. I suppose I could talk about my fiction and drone on for 10 or 15 minutes without a problem. Uh, and I could talk about my family, but that would be it. How about yourself? To be honest, there's a lot of things going on in my head. So I can make a presentation on whatever, I, whatever comes to my head and just explain why that is the case, how I came up with it, and what's about to come next and how you could predict what I'm going to think of next and so on and so forth. What would you say is your ideal topic then? If somebody would say, okay, you got, you got 15 minutes, um, you can speak about whatever you want, but pick the thing that you really want to talk about. What would that thing be? I don't, I don't have like a certain thing to actually talk about. I, I, I go I go rambling on about a lot of things, so I, I just I just do what goes with the flow. Yeah, fair talk, so one minute I could be talking about door hinges, the next minute I could talk about tarmac, then another minute uh, the, why the sky is blue, and then so on and so forth. I can go on about social media and then back and forth about a new project I've been working on with a couple of lads in America. And then a couple more minutes about the the tragic love life that I went through back in high school. And there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot I can talk about. <laughs> well, it sounds like I should be interviewing you, not the other way around. <laughs> uh, it seems so. And that is all we have for this episode. It was great having you here, Joel. Talking about your work as a economic professor. You know, worked as a fiction novella artist and everything else has been amazing. Well, thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to you and have a fantastic week, if not a certainly enjoyable Halloween. You too. And until, ne until next time, stay opinionated. <laughs>